you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is Susan Rosen, and I have a return guest today who was on the podcast last fall, I believe. And um, his name is Robert Robert J. Davis. Is that, uh, or do you just go by Robert Davis? <laughs> Either one. Okay. Robert J. Davis, PhD. That's the important part. Because that takes a lot of work to get one of those after your name. Um, and he is also known as the healthy skeptic, which is something that we all like on this podcast. Don't take anything for granted. Um, and... Robert is an award-winning health journalist whose work has appeared on CNN, PBS, WebMD, and in the Wall Street Journal. He's the author of four books. I'm assuming this one is is one of the four. Okay. Uh, Four books on health. He hosts the Healthy Skeptic video series. Is that a podcast or someplace else? It's a video series that's uh, seen online. Um, which dissects the science behind popular health claims. And Robert holds an undergraduate degree from Princeton University, a master's degree in public health from Emory University, and a PhD in health policy from Brandeis University. All very exclusive schools. Um, (laughs) And um, Robert's here to talk about the update of a book that just came out. I assume it's out already, yes? Yes, it is out. Okay, okay. Called Fitter Faster. Um, and he'll tell us a little bit about it. I, I have actually been reading through it and there's a lot of really good, valuable information in there. So why don't you tell us a little bit about why you decided to, to take this book and update it for, for the times now. Well, thank you, Susan. It's great to be with you again. To speak with you again. Um, I wrote this book a few years ago, pre-pandemic, uh, because I have long had a personal passion when it comes to fitness. I have a passion when it comes to health generally, but uh, and that includes my own interest in fitness. And we can talk about my own journey. I wasn't always interested in fitness. And as a kid, I certainly was not. Um, but as an adult, I've been interested in fitness. And so um, as a health journalist, I wanted to write about that subject because there's so much confusing information that we hear all the time. You should do this routine, that routine. How much should you do? What should you eat around exercise? Should you lift weights? Should you go to a gym? All these things, people, should you walk 10,000 steps? Should you exercise in the morning or in the evening? All these different things people hear that are yeah. conflicting. So uh, I wanted yeah. to look at the science right. and help uh-huh. sort of sort out what's true and what's not. And then also I teamed up with a personal trainer in Atlanta who uh-huh. has a wide okay. array of clients. His name is Brad Kolowich. Uh-huh. Um, some celebrity clients, but also ordinary folks, old, young, um, middle-aged, uh, people of all abilities of fitness levels. And so I teamed up with him to put together an actual plan, a workout plan that can be tailored to people's individual needs, regardless of your age, regardless of your fitness level, regardless of your experience. So really, it, it really is sort of two books in one. It's, it's a book that looks at the science and busts myths around fitness 
an exercise, mm -hmm. but also lays out a plan mm -hmm. for people. Um, so that's originally why I wrote the book. And then as we've seen in COVID, a lot of people became interested in becoming more fit as they were sort of limited in their activities around COVID. Uh, and I think for some folks, they stuck with it. A lot of folks that kind of went by the wayside. And as we've seen recent statistics, people are less healthy now in certain ways than they were two years ago. Yeah. They drink more, they, the people put on weight. And so I, my feeling is a lot of people now are looking as we're hopefully coming out of COVID, uh, people are looking to get healthier. And so I thought this would be a good time to re-release the book uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and give people a way uh, to focus on exercise more effectively. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, um, as you and I were talking before we came on, there, it's it's almost like it, it went up kind of like like that, right? <laughs> like people were eh, okay, then COVID hit, and everybody was, oh, I gotta get, I gotta get healthy, I gotta get healthy, you know. And then as it kept going, as COVID kept going on and on and on and on, people were like, ah, hell with being healthy, right? <laughs> right. And they stopped walking, or they stopped, you know, eating well, or you know, working out with weights or whatever it was that they had started trying to do right so, and, I, and I think um, we see that reflected not only in the things you mentioned and I mentioned mm -hmm. weight but also uh, statistics regarding heart disease and other um, other yeah, chronic yeah. conditions and part of okay. that is obviously people not seeking treatment as much but I, I think uh, you can make a plausible case that part of it too is people not engaging in health habits that they mm -hmm. uh, need to do in order to uh, prevent those conditions right right and that includes oh, no. and certain, certainly that includes exercise perhaps the yeah. top of the list yeah. Oh, and, and, you know, the other thing that just kind of comes to mind as well is that people are just sitting a lot more like we're doing right on right. zoom, you know, when, when you used to be in the office, then you'd walk down the hall and talk to somebody, or, you know, maybe you'd have your meeting while you were out walking around or, you know, all of these kinds of things, um, that now we all have to sit for. And even though a lot of people have the desks that go up and down and right, all that kind of stuff, but we're still, even, even then we're standing in the same place for half an hour or an hour at a time. No, that's um, an excellent point. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that could be a big contributor as well. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Funny, funny how it doesn't take very much to, for your whole, the whole world to kind of change. Right. And, and we know, and just mm -hmm. on that specific point about sitting, and, and I address mm -hmm. this in the book, prolonged sitting does have detrimental effects, a number of detrimental effects. And that's been well mm -hmm. established by research, everything from a greater risk of diabetes, premature death, heart mm -hmm. disease, certain kinds of cancer. And so, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and when we sit for long hours, long stretches, you say yeah. on Zoom meetings or whatever we're doing at our desks all day, uh -huh. um, yeah. that can have an effect. And so uh, even getting up, standing up, walking mm -hmm. to, for example if you're in an office at least you might mm -hmm. walk down the, to the to the water cooler you might walk to talk to an, a colleague you yeah. might go to lunch and yeah. and i know people that i talk to that at home they find themselves they sit at their desk and end up just sitting at the desk all day long on zoom yeah. and so yeah. i can we and as you say it's an excellent point how people can easily end up sitting more and how that can end up over time having negative health effects yeah yeah oh absolutely absolutely and it it's um it just made me think of something Oh, and a lot of people don't have very good chairs, even when they are sitting. Right. You know, so that just compounds the whole thing. Right. Ergonomics, very important issue. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, until you really start thinking about it, it just all kind of snowballs. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, interesting. So what what were some of the the biggest things that kind of jumped out at you that you were that you included in the new book or changed maybe in the new book? Well, one thing the is update. that one of the things that I've, uh, because the, the theme of this book is how one of the, I'd say the main things is because it's called Fitter Faster, and the faster refers to how to get the same or greater benefits in less time, you know, because many people, um, if not most people, when they're asked, why don't you exercise or why aren't you able to sustain an exercise program, the answer is I just don't have enough time. Um, and so what we tried to do in this book is to lower that barrier and give people ways to exercise mm -hmm. in less time to get the same benefits and spend less time uh, mm -hmm. based on studies. And so one of the mm -hmm. ways to do that is something called high intensity interval training or HIT, mm -hmm. which has been mm -hmm. popular the last few years. And so I go into some detail in the book about what that is, how it works. Basically, it's the idea that say if you're going to go walking instead of walking at a steady pace for mm -hmm. say 30 minutes, you go faster for say, 15 seconds, and then you go at a moderate pace for 15 seconds, and then you go mm. faster for 15 seconds and slower for 15 seconds. And it can be 15 seconds, it can be 10 seconds, it can be 60 seconds, whatever, whatever amount of time you want. So that's variable. Mm -hmm. But the point is that instead of going to steady state, you go hard, easy, hard, easy. And so okay. what studies show is that doing this kind of high intensity interval training can have the same, if not greater benefits when it comes to heart health, when it comes to some of the other benefits of exercise. And, it, and taking far less time. So instead of spending 30 minutes, you can maybe spend 15 minutes total and get the ah, same benefits. Okay. So what I was able to do in the book is update some of the research that has come out mm -hmm. because there's always new research coming out on this topic um, yeah. to help bolster that case as to why HIT, HIT can be beneficial. And I should add, because obviously it's relevant for your listeners of people of all ages. Sometimes we think, well, that's only for young, healthy people. Yeah. Uh, but HIT can be incorporated into any kind of routine for anybody whatever okay. kind of exercise you do. And that's a key point. And, and, and there've been studies in older folks with HIT. There've been studies in people with congestive heart failure and heart disease wow. with HIT. So if it's done properly, it can, mm -hmm. it can be certainly be adapted to people of all ages and fitness mm -hmm. levels. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I've heard, I've, I've heard of it. I've even read about it, but have never really done that particularly. I mean, I try and walk faster just all the time that we're out on our walk. But um, but I, it's it's kind of funny thinking about it. It's kind of like you know when you're talking to somebody, you kind of you kind of do that almost. Um, can't think what the right word is, but it just happens, mm -hmm. right? When you're talking with somebody, mm -hmm. it's like when you talk, you kind of slow down, and then when you're not talking, you you speed up a little. Right, bit. right. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you can incorporate that into your hit workout yeah. then. So we're going to talk during the times when we're going slower and we're not going to talk when we go full yeah. faster. And that could be a great way to do it if you're walking with someone, for example. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Hmm. Sometimes, you know, these ideas just come to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then do you have things about working like with some weights or something like that with it yes, as well? Yes, because, or? you know, that's an important point. That's a very important point you make because people often think of exercise. They think of walking or they think of swimming or riding a bike, those kinds mm -hmm. of aerobic activities. And those are mm -hmm. very important to do. And they're mm -hmm. important for heart health. They're important for lowering the risk of diabetes. But the other side of exercise that I think too often gets overlooked, particularly among middle-aged and older folks, is strength mm -hmm. training. And yes. strength training is just as important as aerobic conditioning, yep. because it, it does some of the same things that aerobic conditioning does. It's good for your mm -hmm. heart. It's good for your bones, potentially. But mm -hmm. also, um, it helps 
uh, preserve muscle. And that's crucial as we get older, right? Because we know yeah. that people, all of us lose muscle mass as we get older. And mm -hmm. that's important because that leads to falls as we get older. It leads to uh, functional impairment, making it mm -hmm. hard to live your life, making it hard mm -hmm. to get up and down from a chair, making it hard to climb mm -hmm. steps, making it hard mm -hmm. to play with your grandkids, whatever the case may be, making it hard yeah. to go on vacations and enjoy your life. So yeah. that's why strength training is crucial, particularly as we get older, to help maintain that muscle mass. Also, bone health. You know, we tend to lose bone as we get older. And so that's another benefit of strength training. Um, so uh, in addition to certain kinds of aerobic activity. So mm -hmm. strength training is very important. So I included this in the, in the plan, and it's, it's a very important part. But I should uh, hasten to add, you know, sometimes when you think of strength training, people think, oh, I have to go to the gym and lift weights. And they go, I don't, I'm not a muscle head. I'm not going to, I don't know what to do. I don't want to be lifting heavy weights. And that is, none of that is required. Um, if you want to do it, great. That's fine. Some, some people do, but it's certainly not required. There are all kinds of ways to do strength training. It doesn't necessarily require going to a gym. If you don't like gyms, don't feel comfortable there. You can do it at home. You can do it outside. Uh, and you don't have to use weights necessarily. You can use body weight, things like a modified push-ups or squats. Uh -huh. We taught, we show how to do those in the book. Um, uh -huh. You can use resistance bands. You can use household objects, uh, you know, cans or water bottles, things like yeah. that can uh -huh. serve as, as in, 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 instead of weight. So there are all kinds of ways to do strength training uh, that don't necessarily require going to a gym and using weights. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, and that's, that's so, so, so important because if you want to keep taking your walks, you need to build up the muscle mass and the bones and the walking helps, right? But, but the other part, if you don't get the other part, it doesn't matter how long you walk for, it's still not going to help. Right. And so I think it's, it's an important point. Again, if people, if all they do is walk, that's great. That's better than nothing. So that's absolutely keep doing that. But I think in order to have a truly comprehensive, well-rounded uh, exercise program that's going to keep you mm -hmm. using your body and being able mm -hmm. to enjoy your life yeah. as much as possible. I think it's yeah. imperative that people include some kind of strength training uh, yes. in that. And, and again, it's, it may seem daunting. Sometimes people don't do it. It seems daunting. It seems people aren't sure what to do. It's easy to go out and walk, right? I and mean, anybody can do that. And sometimes the idea of trying to figure out strength training can be more daunting. But again, what I've tried to do in this book is lower the barriers, break it down, make it simple mm -hmm. so that anybody can do it, regardless of your experience yeah. or fitness level or age uh -huh. or anything else like that, uh, uh -huh. ability level, and, and to make it doable for everybody. And, mm -hmm. and certainly, if not this book, there are lots of resources available online, there are videos, and people can join classes, but there are all right. kinds of ways to incorporate strength training, but it's something you just have to seek out, and mm -hmm. the answers are there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and you and I were talking before we came online as well. Um, that for those of us that are older than 65, so we have the Medicare, um, they've, they've now this year, all of the medical plans have to include um, a, um, it's a connection to a gym where you can go. And all of these gyms are well aware of all this and they're really trying to get older people to come in. So they, they're, they're putting programs together and, and all of that as well. Um, and if you just, if you just go up, you should, if it doesn't, if you didn't get something from your medical um, program, then you, you should reach out to them because I know the one that I'm on, 
you know, it's right there. You know, you just click through to it and it takes me to this other company that's providing all of this, or at least where I am. And they just ask you for your zip code and they tell you all the ones that are around where you are. And, and the, there's no cost. It's all free. So, you, that, you know, that's a, right. That's a great it, benefit. It's important for people to know about that. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you just want to go in and get some help, you don't have to necessarily go to the gym once or twice a week. Just go in and have somebody help you to, to figure out how to do all these things and then do them at home. And then maybe once a month or every three months or something, you go in and just get checked, kind of like going to the doctor. <laughs> I think that's a great point because I do think yeah. you're, uh, the point is that knowing how to do the exercises, do the strength training exercises, can give you greater confidence. I know certainly that was a case for me. I ended up hiring a personal trainer and that mm -hmm. made all, when I was starting out in the gym and that made all the difference because at the beginning I was, I had what's sometimes called gym intimidation, intimidated uh -huh. by the gym. I don't know what to do. These people are far more fit than me. How do I yeah. use this machine? Do I look silly? I don't feel comfortable here. And so right. having somebody show me what to do gave mm -hmm. me greater confidence that I could mm -hmm. do those exercises either at home yeah. or at the gym and gave me greater confidence to learn new exercises. So I think yeah. that's crucial. And the second point I would make is not all gyms are the same. You know, some <laughs> cater, you see young men lifting heavy weights, free weights, They're, they cater to sort of muscle heads and there yeah. are other gyms that cater to older folks. And so mm -hmm. I think check it and don't assume that all gyms are the same and check it out and see who's there. And you may very well find one that you feel more comfortable at just because mm -hmm. of the clientele they serve. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if, you know, and if you've got friends around too, who also need to go, then, you know, go together, sign up together. Everybody goes together. You know, we all know how that works, that if it's just you, half the time you make excuses for why you don't go. And if you're going with two or three other people, then, then you kind of feel like, oh, I guess I better go. Right. <laughs> you feel guilty if you don't go. That's a great point. And I talk about in the book ways to sort mm -hmm. of um, overcome uh, off ramps, as I call them, uh, because uh -huh. there are yeah. all kinds of reasons people end up, oh, they yeah. have good intentions, they start and they end up stopping their exercise program. And one way to do that is to find an exercise, a friend, an exercise buddy, yep. somebody yep. who you can go with, and that's going to help you stay accountable yeah. and uh -huh. also make it more fun. And if you can't find some, you don't have a friend like that who you can do it with, then maybe if, if you're so inclined, look for a class. Yeah. And, and that can have yeah. the same function where you go and uh, work out with other people and, uh, and the kinds of exercises you're interested in doing. So that can have oh, exactly. the same effect as holding you accountable and, and making it more of a social right. occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there aren't any gyms right around you, there are plenty of classes online that will walk you through right. all of this. Um, Absolutely. So, um, you know, there's, there's no excuse. <laughs> Actually, no, no matter what, how old you are, there's no excuse. <laughs> that is absolutely true. No, that yeah. is, and that's just one of the messages in my book is that mm -hmm. you shouldn't yeah. let age or um, previous disdain for exercise or fear of exercise or uh -huh. physical condition, anything else yeah. be an excuse uh -oh. on all the ways that you can, I've tried to outline all the ways that you can, uh, uh, things that you can do to help overcome some of those barriers. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, cause we all know how that is. I've, I've been through it. <laughs> you go for six months and then you go, Oh gee, well, I'm not going to go this week because of da, 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 da. And then next thing you know, it's another six months and you haven't been to the gym. Right. And that's very common. These off ramps mm -hmm. are very common. And I talk about, I mean, that, that happens to all yeah. of us and we have things come up in our lives. We have 
uh, family obligations, we have That's work right. obligations, we have family emergencies, we have mm -hmm. travel, uh, all kinds of things come up that can help derail us. And so the key is trying to get, getting back on track when we can. And mm -hmm. I sort of list ways to do that. Yeah. And one way is we talked about this, how to make it more enjoyable. Um, uh -huh. I think also um, is to treat it like an appointment. I know mean, sometimes people treat fitness as something, well, I'll squeeze it mm -hmm. in when I can, I'll do it in the, I'll do it in the, right. the, uh, the weekend, I'll do it when I can. And okay. I think it's important to make it a priority if we're going to keep doing it and turn to a habit. So you make it an appointment, just like you would yeah. going to a meeting or uh -huh. uh, going to anything else. If you put on your calendar and say, okay, on these days, I'm going to work out. Yeah. And, and I think it's also important to be realistic about it. So if you know you're not, a, I'm not a morning person, for example. So it would be yeah, unrealistic for me to say, I'm going to go at seven in the morning and that will never happen. Uh -uh. Uh, and likewise, if you're busy in the evenings with dinner, with family mm -hmm. obligations, yeah. it's unreal, unrealistic to say you're going to do it at six in the evening. So it's a matter of being realistic as to what your mm -hmm. daily schedule is and what your preferences are and find a time that works for you that right. when you know you're going to be able to set aside the time to go. And that's, I think, a right. crucial thing. Yeah. And make it a priority, I think, is the other thing. Right. You know, once you make that decision and you're going to go then, then do it. Right. Right. Because it's so easy to talk yourself out of it. Yes. And you say, as you say, I'll go tomorrow, I'll go in a few days. And then yeah. one day turns into a week and turns into a month. And all that happens to all of us. And so I think the more we can mm -hmm. treat it like a priority, uh, make it like an essential appointment, the more we get mm -hmm. in that habit and uh, yeah. the less likely that will happen. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So how, did, how does the work? I can't even talk now. How does the book? I mean, I, I went through and, and read a lot of it, but is there a particular way that you suggest, you know, working through the book or reading through the book, you know, because you well, obviously think, set it up. Yeah, I think things. I think part of it depends on your own uh, familiarity with exercise. I mean, I hope mm -hmm. and, and people have told me who read the book, even people who were knowledgeable about exercise learned something new and were surprised yeah. by some of the things. Um, you know, and I've tried to break it up into yeah. small nuggets, sort of digestible nuggets so that people want to yeah. skim through if they feel they already know a lot about exercise, but even then they can, they may learn some new things about some of the mm -hmm. common claims about exercise, which it turns out are not based in science. But then the last chapter, which is what people might be most interested in is really the mm -hmm. exercise program itself. Okay. And, um, and that's where I break down sort of day by day. Uh, mm. in a different activity each day. And so the idea is that I have, we've put together uh, this program that is comprehensive. So it includes everything, aerobic training, uh, strength training, as well as flexibility, the flexibility stretching, because that's important too. Again, particularly as we get older yeah. to have flexibility to prevent injury. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's incorporated as well. Um, it, it's, it's customizable. So that means that whether you're a beginner, intermediate or advanced, um, the, it, there's a lot of choice in there so that you can, uh, many mm. days you can pick activities that you like, or at least don't hate, because that's another crucial part of sticking with the program, right? If you've got things you, if you don't like to run or don't like to get in a treadmill, then you're then, not going to continue if you feel forced to do no. it. So you shouldn't have no. to do that. So it's a key, the key here is finding things that you enjoy doing. So that, that mm -hmm. could be anything. It could be, uh, doing a yoga class. It could be water mm -hmm. aerobics. It could be Tai Chi. It could be uh getting on a bicycle whatever it is finding what's going to work for you mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of that choice built into the program because i think again that's another crucial element of a program mm -hmm. that's sustainable absolutely well and the follow-on from that is if you pick one of them and then you find that you're not enjoying it well then go back and pick another one right don't excellent just point. quit yep excellent point try something else 
because mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to move your body. And I think that's the bottom line is that, you know, so we think of, and I use the word exercise, but really I prefer not to because exercise often has negative connotations for people. And really the better word is movement. This is just about moving your body yeah. because the more we can move our bodies, the better our bodies will respond and the, and the better our bodies will treat us, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think that it's a matter of thinking about how to move your body in a way that's going to feel good to you, that you're going to be, want to continue doing over time. Uh-huh. Yes. And that's really what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it, and, and as you say, it, it's so important because it's, it's good for your heart. It's good for your brain. Um, you know, it's not just your, these kind of muscles, it's, it's the other muscles. No, I like to say if there were, if there were a pill that could do all the things that exercise can do, we'd be clamoring for it. It is, it is is the closest thing we have to a fountain of youth. It is. And I talk about in the book, I talk about what I call the big six and the surprising seven. So all these benefits of exercise that, um, some of which we've heard about, some of which people may not be familiar with, but Mm-hmm. It really is a remarkable uh, gift that we have. And, mm-hmm. and it's really a shame how, how so few people take full advantage of that to, yeah. to reap the full benefits of exercise, really to enhance the quality of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, it, and as you say, everything from helping our heart, helping us live longer, reducing the rates of certain cancers, um, helping improve our mood, reducing the risk of depression, oh, of yes. Alzheimer's disease, dementia. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we talked earlier about, you know, I say fending off feebleness, helping us remain yes. vital and active mm-hmm. as we get older. Yeah. Um, so those are the things we hear about. And other things people may not be as familiar with, um, it can improve, improve people's sex lives, help them uh-huh. you know, remain active self, sex lives as they get older, uh, improve sleep, prevent colds, mm-hmm. um, improve your eyesight. That's often surprising to people. People who wow. uh, get regular activity have a lower risk of cataracts huh. and I didn't know related that. macular okay. degeneration which uh-huh. is a leading cause of blindness. People have better hearing. That is to say that people who uh, uh, are, uh, exercise regularly are less likely to have hearing loss. Um, wow. So there's a long list of other benefits that people may not be as familiar with. But mm-hmm. again, it's, uh, it's remarkable what it can do. And so, but, but yeah. what I like to say, Susan, is that as, as great as that list is, sometimes it's most helpful for people just to focus on how they feel right after they exercise. Because yes. that can be most yes. motivating of all. You know, it's one thing to say, I may not get a heart attack someday. And so I should exercise, yeah. but it, it's even more motivating to say, I feel great right after I exercise. I feel less yeah. stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I can sleep better. Um, yeah. I, I feel less anxious. I feel in a better mood. Um, mm-hmm. I feel more empowered. And, and all of those kinds of positive feelings mm-hmm. that people get right after they exercise can be very yeah. motivating to, for people to keep going, to go back the next day and then the next day and to keep doing that's it. Right. I know certainly that's been the case for me. It took a yes. while for me to recognize yeah. those benefits in myself. Yeah. But once I have now exercise has become something which I can't live without. It's something that mm-hmm. yeah, I started off, okay, I have to do this, but now it's something that I want to do. And I think yeah. over time, if we focus on the immediate benefits, the instant gratification that you uh-huh. can get from moving your body, I think then uh-huh. over time, it becomes something that you truly want to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to kind of put up a sign or something that, you know, that kind of says you will, you will feel better after you do this. Yes. To just remind yourself. Right. You know, because otherwise it's, it's, and and we all know this because we've all done it at different times, which is, oh no, you know, I'm really tired. I didn't get to sleep last night until late. So I'm not going to go today. And then pretty soon that's the next day and the next day and it's been a week and you, you know, it's, it's very easy to get off the, 
Absolutely. And, and, and that's a good, that's a good example right there where I'll remind mm-hmm. myself, you know what? Yes, I feel tired, but I know if I exercise, I'll be less tired. I feel, that's I'll right. feel less tired right after I exercise and I'll have more energy yeah. say for the evening for some activity that I need to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that that's often an incentive for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's I, which is what's hopefully I'm going to get back to the gym soon. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's one of, it's one of those things. Cause you do, you just feel so good after it. You really do. Um, you know, and it is one of those things that you, you can build up. You don't have to do the full thing on the first day. No, I think that's a crucial point. I think people and something else we talk about go in, Mm-hmm. Um, slowly, gradually, and sort mm-hmm. of do a little bit, and then mm-hmm. do a little bit more, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And one of the so you don't want to overdo it because if you overdo it, then that can really have negative consequences that will cause injury and lead to problems and cause you to give up. So that's a problem. Yep. But you want to start yep. slowly. And I think that one of the great things about uh, being in an exercise regimen is that you can see improvements. You can see if you walk, okay, I see I can walk faster now. I can walk farther yeah. now. I can yeah. if you're say in a gym and you're working. With uh, weights, I can lift more weight now, whatever it may be. So you can see our bodies are amazing, amazingly adaptable. And you can mm-hmm. see those improvements and that itself becomes uh, an incentive to do more. But I think mm-hmm. the key, as you say, is to start slowly and not sort of um, be too ambitious at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've all done that, especially when we were younger, right? <clears throat> you go to the gym and, oh, yeah, I remember how this worked. And I'm going to use these weights and I'm going to do this and you you start with weights that are too heavy for you and you know which yeah you can do two or three but but you can't do six right or whatever that's when you hurt yourself right and you run the risk of injury and i think and and and, and if i may i want to if we were Mm -hmm. on the subject of injury i think a lot of older folks particularly in studies show that's one of the barriers that people don't go to the gym or don't exercise because they're afraid of getting hurt Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think that um this is an important point to address here because uh, the way that you avoid injury is going in, knowing what you're doing. Again, as we discussed, go, talking to a fitness professional, reading mm-hmm. a book like mine, looking mm-hmm. at videos online so you know what you're doing and you're doing the exercise mm-hmm. properly. But I think the thing to remember is that you're more likely to actually get injured if you are a couch potato, if you're inactive, than you are mm-hmm. from exercise. So I think that, mm-hmm. fa- that fear is unfounded because it's actually exercise. What will do for you is help reduce mm-hmm. the injuries overall in right. your life. Because yeah. your muscles are stronger, your bones are stronger, your joints are stronger, so you're less susceptible to injury because of that. And so the point is that people should not let that fear of injury keep them from engaging right. in regular exercise. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I and I think the other thing too is that when you're trying to you know do stuff like at home with with weights or whatever, to have somebody else who can watch you. And say, because you may think you're doing it just fine, right? but you're actually doing it too far out or you're doing it too far in or you're, you know, um, and it really helps to have, you know, kind of a buddy working with you that way as well. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I think it's something else I used to think before I worked at, look at all these uh, conceited people who look in mirrors at themselves when they're at the gym. And what I learned as I, as I started learning about the gym is those mirrors are there to help you do the exercise correctly so that you know your form is correct. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, ideally to have someone else, whether it's a personal trainer or a buddy watch you, mm-hmm. but if you can't have that in your home, do it in front of the mirror yeah. because that yeah. way you can look at a video or look at a book and see how to yes. do, and make sure that you're doing, you have proper form by mm-hmm. looking in the mirror as you're doing the exercise. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, it's really easy to strain something. Yeah. You don't want strain. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I like I said, I I read through. Haven't gotten through the whole book, but I have gotten probably about a third or a half of the way through. Um, and I'm I'm I really like it. I'm very impressed. Thank it's, you. It's it's very easy to read. It's very easy to understand. Um, and and it's in bite size enough pieces, right? Where you don't have to say, oh, okay, I'm gonna have to spend the next half an hour <laughs> reading reading this chapter, right? Um, so it's it's very approachable. Well, thank you, and I and that's something I worked hard. I also have a lot of uh, citations. So if you're interested in the science, there's hundreds of citations. But yes. I've tried to make it, uh, as you say, sort of the information in bite sizes and very understandable, so it doesn't read like a mm-hmm. textbook. But that it is all based on science, and I have all the citations yeah. there for people that may be inclined to go look up the studies themselves. Um, all of it's backed up by research. Yeah, yeah. I would not have expected anything less from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, after all, you've got all the degrees, so you ought to be able to do that part of it, right? <laughs> well, and again, I think it's there's so much information, as we said at the beginning out there, that's not based on science. It's based on people's opinions or based on people's right. anecdotal experiences. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine up to a point. But I think what, what is helpful is to really know, okay, that's fine. This worked for this person or this particular expert says this or this right. coach says that. But um, mm-hmm. what is the science really saying? What are the studies really saying? I think, again, to have that information so that people can make more informed decisions, that's ultimately what this book is about and my other work is about just to help people yeah. figure out what's most likely to work for them based on the science that we have. Yes, 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 exactly, exactly. Which the other nice thing about it is that you don't talk down to people, which some of the some of the people do or, or videos and stuff like that as well. Um, well, well, thank you. It's something I really try hard to let people yeah. know that I'm talking to them as a friend and talking mm-hmm. to them as somebody who has been there myself. Uh, as I said, my journey is such that I was the kid in school who hated to sweat, who hated gym class, who hated to exercise and much preferred to sit on, uh, on the couch eating uh, donuts and watching TV. And it was through my, uh, through sort of when I got to college, I got started getting interested in fitness and it's been a lifelong journey for me. And, and it was mm-hmm. a long time after that, that I first became comfortable going into a gym. And so I like to say that I, I understand for people that uh, have, have maybe tried and not been able to sustain it or not started an exercise program. I understand the barriers because I've been there. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to, um, I think through my own experience, help people, uh, you know, overcome those barriers and, yeah. and address those barriers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and which brings up another point for me is that for those people who either are older and have kids or grandkids that are eating too much and not exercising and all of that, you know, partner up with them and go through this. And so that they can get exposed to it as well as helping you. And and you can, you know, have a closer relationship. That's a great idea. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. And 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 vice versa. Yeah. Because again, the the program I have here is adaptable. So whether you're a a, a young person or you're an older person, regardless Mm -hmm. of your fitness level, it's, it's something that, that people can, you know, adapt the exercises to their own levels. And so I think that's certainly a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, for, for sure. Cause that's, um, I mean, I know we had talked about our, our, 
our previous experience with being a little overweight um, before in the first in the first podcast. Um, and and I certainly had the same issue, boy, until I got into college. It was often off and on. Um, and that made all the difference mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. at that point. It was just um it was interesting. It was interesting. I'll just say it one more time. But um, I I found a doctor, actually at the college at the at the university's hospital when they used to have one, um, that that said to me, hey, you know, if you don't lose the, if you don't lose the weight now and do something about it, you're going to be fighting fighting this your whole life. Mm-hmm. And she knew what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's when I you know started going to the gym. I started watching what I was eating, so on and so forth. And, and I'm sure helped improve the rest of the quality of the rest of your life. Oh my God. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not to mention illnesses and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That I, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So definite, definitely, um, you know, everybody get off your couches, get moving. Right. And, and again, make it know that you can't do it all at once and it's, it's don't expect That's right. it. It's, 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 That's it's, a, right. it's a process. Yeah, just as it's been for me, but at least uh, it's it's all about the journey and starting the journey and right. just taking it a step at a time. Yeah, yeah, and you'll feel better even if maybe your muscles are just a little sore the next day or something. You know, just think about how good that feels. Right, that's a sign that it's working. It's a sign that your that's body's right. getting stronger. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so I think that's a good place to kind of wrap it up, and um, I'm going to say that. Uh, neither of us are doctors and this is not to be seen as medical advice and if you are having any sort of actual medical issues please go and see your doctor or the emergency room or whatever is appropriate so uh always have to add that at the end (laughs) and i would add by the way if you've not been active um it's a good idea to check with get medical clearance before you start any workout program so if you haven't exercised in a long time or if you've never exercised and you want to get started, um, it's a good idea to see a medical professional just to yep. sort of get clearance before you start. Very good point. Very, very good point, particularly the older you are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, OK, well, thank you, Robert, for coming on again. Thank you, Susan. Always fun to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. We always have a, we always have a good discussion for sure. So here's the book again, everybody. Fitter, Faster. And um, that's it. I will be talking to all of you next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit healthytipsafter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.